Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Rogers Place, where the Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens play tonight. Should be a kicker. Should be a lot of fun in the building. Always is. Last year, uh, the Edmonton Oilers basically got back to 500, uh, just before Christmas, second beating of Montreal in a span of two weeks. The Oilers won uh, in Montreal on December the 9th, a 6-2 victory, in which they built up a 4-0 uh, lead in that game, scored a couple great goals. Um, and then, uh, you know what I recall that night? The Oilers, uh, Camilleri scored to make a 1-0, yes, Mike Camilleri. And then right after that, uh, Lucic and McDavid threw it around. And Paul Yarvey was playing right wing and hit the crossbar, beat Carey Price. That didn't go in. Uh, but then Jujara Kara uh, got uh, a tap in on a real good play from Ryan Strom. So Jujara got another one early in the second. And then Milan Lucic scored off a busted play on the power play. And it was all she wrote, 4 nothing in that game. Then we came back here in Edmonton and played a second game against Montreal in the span of two weeks. And uh, that night it was anti Niemian goal. Oilers uh, won 4-1. A kid named Brett Lernout played defense for the Canadians. He had a tough night. Oilers missed a lot of opportunities. Niemi actually played pretty well, but Lucic scored a wide-open tap-in power play goal. So he had two goals in those games against uh, Montreal. From the point that he scored in that game against the Canadians, he'd score one more goal in the regular season last year in final 46 games. He scored in his first shot this year, hasn't scored since. And the Oilers uh, coming into this game tonight against Montreal, 26th in the league in goals for. And it's been players like Stroman Lucic that haven't had it happen for him, and that's been part of the equation. We're going to get to this with Mark Spector in a moment here. Do you want to mention to you that guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. As we go to Stoffer Inspector, which is brought to you every Tuesday on Orders Now by Horse Racing Alberta. 7,000 men and women that work in the horse racing industry. Mr. Spector, how are you? Great, great. I hear we had a great show last Tuesday, Bob. Well, it's funny because that's not what I heard. I heard, <laughs> I heard it was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, well-hosted, organized, you know. 
Uh, one texter wanted a little more about tree planting, but other than that, it's a pretty good show. You had to go down that path, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> Bobby, we got Koskinen and the Emmy tonight. Yeah, give and me your two thoughts guys, on two, uh, Claude Julien gave it away for me. I just listened to his press briefing, and he said, you know, we're going to start Niemi, but it doesn't mean that Price isn't our number one guy here, right? What he wants to say is, really, really, like, Price is our guy. Well, I'll tell you right now, they didn't play since Saturday. They're opening up a road trip. Yeah. If Price was the number one guy at this minute, if Price gave Montreal the best chance to win tonight. Well, he's had five poor starts in a row for Montreal. He'd be playing. Niemi gives them a better chance than Gary Price in the coach's eyes. Right. And right now, can you not say the same for Koskinen versus Talbot? Certainly every bit is good. Right. Every bit is good. I mean, Koskinen. Two teams, huh? Yeah. It's, this Isn't that is, something? This is an interesting game on a, a multitude of fronts. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What a, first of all, what a difference a week makes. Yeah. There you go. Right. Those are riding pretty high at this point last like week. Like you did that show last Tuesday for me, and, and I think that uh, Edmonton. They'd won in Detroit. They were playing that night in Tampa. They were in Washington. Sure, the Washington. Night be- we were in Washington right. the night before and lost That's uh, it. Yeah. 4-2. And uh, now the Oilers have lost four straight games. And, and Peter Shirelli was on the show yesterday, Spec, and talked about the fact, like I said, how do you – there's been some wild swings this year, right? Not very good, and the sky was falling in two games into the season, right? Yep. Terrible over in Sweden against New Jersey. And then, you know, Boston was just up and running, and the Oilers weren't. Yep. Uh, and, you know, uh-oh, we're in trouble here. They win in New York in an ugly game, but the comeback against Winnipeg, and suddenly some momentum was built from that. And the team played pretty well, went 8-2-1. and one over an 11-game stretch, but now have dropped four straight games. Yep. And Peter Shrelly last yesterday saying the last two he was not happy with, uh, you know, the performance in the last two games against Florida and Colorado. Yes, so is, gonna, is how far how, how much heat do you think is on this group right now? Well, tons. It's You know, you're going to lose games, but it's also how you lose them. Yeah. You know, and the game against Colorado was just a horrible effort and uh, absolutely – reminiscent of what we saw in the latter half of last season when the team was completely eliminated and everybody knew it and played like it. That's what it looked like. I'm not saying they think that way now, but that's what it looked like. Uh, so, you, you know, again, you can lose, but it's how we lose. And the game in Florida, they were very flat. And they didn't compete very well. And the game against Colorado lost every single battle all night long. They could play that game a hundred times, Bob, but they'd lose it a hundred times. So the level needs to come up uh, markedly, the compete level tonight against Montreal, even just to have a chance to win. Montreal's going pretty good. You can play well and lose to Montreal, but I'll tell you, you play the way they've been playing the last two games, you will not win. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, right. Better come. They better show up here. And whose problem does it become? Oh, my goodness. That's a... How long is our radio show? Well, you got, you got you got lots of time here, bud. <laughs> you know, it's listen. It's, we're at the stage. This uh, we we've been at the stage the whole season. This is a prove it season, you know, prove it or lose it season for a lot of people in this organization. Let's face it, we're four years into the Shirelli McClellan regime. It's time yeah. to win now. They yeah. had a they had a building year, then they had a great year, then they had an awful year. It can't be two awful years. I think we've beat that horse pretty much to death, right? So I'm not playing out this four-game streak like it's going to be five and we're going to fire a bunch of people. That's not – I don't – I see more in this team at this point. I yeah. see this team with the ability to 
make this one of their longer losing streaks of the year. But if I'm wrong and it keeps going and there's a bunch more of them, oh, 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 well, yeah. there's no excuse the, the next change. two games not to be motivated to play. You're playing the Montreal. You played like crap for two games. Yeah, You're playing the Montreal Canadiens. The fans, the building's going to be going back and forth yeah. all game long. Fun night at the rink. Always it's, is. Right, it is. And, and frankly, the Oilers took – now, here's the one thing that concerns me because Edmonton went 3-0 and against Colorado last year. But the Oilers took the Canadians to the woodshed last year, and the Montreal Canadiens, since the 2017-18 season, Mark Spector, mm-hmm. have the worst record against the Western Conference. They are, uh, over the course of, uh, since the start of the 2017-18 season, they have a 400 winning percentage against the West, 12-19-4. Montreal's got a small, quick team. Yep. The West teams tend to be a little bit bigger and heavier. And the Oilers right. beat them 6-2 and 4-1 last year. Now, all that being said, Edmonton went 3-0 or 2-0-1 against Colorado last year, and they weren't even in the same ballpark for the first 40 minutes of that game. So, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, the whole East-West thing uh, can be a bit of a conundrum, you know. That like, look at how long the Oilers lost games to Arizona. No one else was losing Arizona. <laughs> it wasn't because Arizona was a really good team. There was just something going on there. Yeah. So. Uh, listen, these Habs are, are surprising everybody this year, right? They're leading the league in goals scored five on five. They're they're piling in five goals a night here. They're they're you know, we never no one thought that Price would be Carey Price would be where he's at, but nobody thought this whole lineup would be so successful. So good for them. They're kind of like the Vancouver of the East, frankly. Carey Price is five four and three, a three point zero seven goals against average, and an eight ninety two save percentage. Cam Talbot, 5-7-1, a 3.09 goals against average. So basically the same goals against average, basically the same save percentage. Yeah, they're both right? sub-900 goalies. Right. And if you had told me that we'd be 17 games in a year and Cam Talbot would be 3.09 goals against an 8.95 save percentage, I'm not sure I would have believed that the orders would have been 8-8-1. Eight, eight, well, listen, uh, how about this? The Habs are 9-5-3, and, and they don't have a goalie who's above 900. Right. Anthony Niemi's save percentage is, is uh, 8.94, and Carey Price is 8.92. So it's clearly – I don't need to dig into the analytics to see that Montreal is scoring its way out of its problems. They're letting in goals, but they're getting more. Has the coach from what – you know, and, and we're going to have uh, Mark Antoine go down coming up a little bit later on mm-hmm. in the show, but I sense that the coach is – opened up the uh, artistic license box for his team a bit because he was a staunch defensive-minded coach in Boston. And they look like like when you watch them play and watch them in film, they appear to be liberated offensively. Yeah, Claude Julien has has, uh, evolved, I think. It's fair to say. Claude Julien was a staunch defensive coach, going to beat you 2-1 if he could every night. Now he's also looking at his lineup here and saying, ugh. We better try to score a bunch of goals because our that's our strong suit, right? We got guys who can score here, uh, and I don't have the team that can beat two one very many nights. So give them credit for evolving, and give them credit for reading the tea leaves here. But uh, and, and I'm going to say this: I wish that I could look at you, Bob, and say score five a night all year long, and that's how you're going to win. And give up three, and who cares? Doesn't work that way in right. today's league. You can't live the life the Habs are living with two goalies, sub-900 save percentage, and keep winning games. I'm not saying it has to end immediately, but I don't think it lasts a long time. Do you? It's interesting because a lot of people second-guess the Canadians on the Domi-Galchenyuk trade and on the Tatar-Pacioretty trade. And 
I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's fair to judge Domi versus Galchenyuk just because Galchenyuk's been injured a bit, but Max Domi's got nine goals and twenty one points in seventeen games, so he's he's played great for them offensively, and he's already matched his goal scoring totals from the last two Unbelievable. years. Unbelievable. But the other one is Tatar. Pacioretty has two goals in fourteen games. That's it. Yep. Two zero and two and fourteen, and he's a minus. And uh, Tomas Tatar has got seven goals, 15 points in 17 games. So the early returns on those two deals have gone pretty well for Montreal. It really has. And who would have thought that? Like, give the Habs credit. You know, Domi's, Domi was moribund. His, his performances in Arizona had just gone down and down and down. And, and that's why they're trading a good young player out of Arizona. Like, people and they got are, a good young player back in Galchenyuk, They did, too. but who saw that coming with Domi? Obviously, I'm, I would guarantee The general you. consensus around the league was that the Canadians had given up the better player. Yeah, but, and I'm sure that, that uh, Domi looked himself in the mirror and said, okay, Max, right? The team that drafted you just traded you. The, the place, you know, it, the, your first stop in the NHL, frankly, was a failure. And everyone's looking at you like you're not the good player in this trade, right? Like Montreal's getting fleeced. And I think Max Domi looked in the mirror and said, I got to reclaim this thing. I got to reclaim my career. I got to be, you know, I got to prove everybody wrong. And I got to get back to being the guy they thought I was going to be when I was 19. And so far, so good for him. Good for the kid, right? When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, three kids that are in the Oilers organization. And then another topic uh, coming up a little bit later on. Are we seeing the uh, elimination of hitting? and the need for a specific type of role player in the uh, bottom six-year forward units. This is Oilers Now on a Game Day from Rogers Place. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. It's 12.50 in Edmonton. You can book with New West Travel Oilers fans. Join us with a couple great Oilers roadies to Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers play in two of the most exciting arenas in the league. The Oilers Now package includes airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with your, uh, yours truly, and special guests. We'll have parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these road trips. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. All right, Mr. Spector, when the Edmonton Oilers started the season, yes, way back when, in uh, Sweden, McDavid was with RNH and Ratty. Dreisaitl was with Lucic and Yamamoto. Strom was with Reeder and Poliarvi. And Bouchard was in the Oilers' third pairing with Chris Russell. Okay. So three of these guys are no longer here. So that's three, the top three lines and then the third pairing D. Bouchard obviously went back to London after seven games. Uh, Poliarvi and Yamamoto both uh, got sent down this week. Let's start with a comment made yesterday. Peter Shirelli, the Oilers general manager's appearance here in Oilers now, regarding the Oilers defense. Right now, the, our, our, our six starting D, are, are, none of them are exceptional passers. So in order for us, and we were doing this, in order for us to, to, to have a smooth flow to the game, um, everyone has to be uh, kind of in the, the B-plus range as far as the passing goes in, in their own specific skill set. And there you go. That's Peter Shirelli. Now, uh, right now, he said, our sixth starting D. The one guy who did outlet the puck and had offensive instincts is Evan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of young defensemen that stick in the league in their first year coming out of June. Not a lot. There's This year, there's one. Yeah, you have to be like Rasmus Dahlin to right. stick in the league or or 
you know, Victor Hedman to stick in the league. Bouchard's nope. good. He's not that good. Yeah. So, I mean, it was an interesting comment because Shirelli uh, inherited Oscar Clefbaum and Darnell Nurse. They were already draft winners drafts. Obviously, he traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Adam Larson is a good player. Uh, is, hey, he ta- is he Taylor Hall caliber player? Well, We're four years into Shirelli's time here, and he's looking at his defense core, and he's telling you that he doesn't have any real good passers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I applaud, frankly, his honesty because a lot of guys wouldn't say that. But I don't Ru- applaud. It, yeah. it, it doesn't look good on he him. He brought in. He brought. <laughs> it doesn't look good on him. He brought in Benny. And he brought in Russell. He played Garrison the other night. Well, and maybe I guess we you could talk about who he didn't bring in. How about some really exceptional passers, Bob? If that's what you lack, maybe you should have them by now. Is that fair? I Is think Jason Demers a good puck distributor? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Would he be ex- uh, called an exceptional passer? Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, the you give up the two assets to get Reinhardt that, and the Hall trade. Those will be the two deals. That hey, Shirelli's, uh, and you, you we went, don't need to pick through all that stuff. Right, again. but the point is, we're looking at the makeup of the defense. Yeah, because it was evident against Colorado's. You watch Tyson Berry be the first star, and Samuel Girard, yeah. and Samuel Gerard make plays all game. Right. And oh, by the way, they have Kale McCarr coming. If not now, in four Bouchard, years, when Paul? Yeah. If not in four years, yeah. when? Well, uh, if we're four years in looking at the defense, the guy who built it looks at his own defense. Yeah. And quite honestly, and again, I applaud the fact that he is dishonest, looks at his own defense and says, I don't have a lot of good passers here. Yeah. And they got to be on their game. That was the other part of the context well, of the conversation works, was they weren't right? on their game the last two games. We got a bunch of guys who are B passers, so if they've got all, got to be there. They got to be on their but, game. Um, there is an argument, Mark, that, and by the way, tomorrow, and I know it's a competitor of yours, but in the next couple of days, I'm pretty sure TSN, it's usually in the middle of November that they do that core 424. I think the Oilers were ranked second last year, and I think Hamilton's actually got greater depth in their organization now. Okay. Like, the, 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 the thing that's intriguing is Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear, um, Evan Bouchard. I mean, Evan Bouchard is the best offensive prospect the Oilers have had in the back end in a long time. But he is and he'll be on the team full time next year. No, I would certainly think so. And I hate that there's a chance that Jones pushes. And I think Jones has had a great start to the year. I think there's a chance Bear pushes. Uh, And there's one other guy, Joel Person uh, playing over in Sweden who the Oilers have as well. So I mean, there's three right shot guys there. So there's, well, a, but right that doesn't help anybody in the here and now. Doesn't help you in the here and now. But but, but there is some people would say, you know, Bob, in an entry level system where you have a cap, you have to get production out of guys on ELC on ELC contracts, okay. and you have to embrace those players as well. So what are you saying? Well, I mean, in Bouchard, I, I see it both ways. I understand, the, like, if you're a veteran coach and you want to minimize mistakes. You don't want as many young guys in the lineup, especially in 18. Like, what's interesting with Bouchard is the Oilers played their best game of the year against Washington, and yep. he scored a goal, and he never got back in again. Played 11 minutes and was minus one despite scoring a goal, Bob. Yeah. So, okay. Listen. Yeah. And they went to Nashville the next game, totally understood him not playing against yeah. Nashville on the road. Yeah. But then they had Chicago the next night, and I was, and he no, wasn't in the lineup. the next day. Huh? They went to Tampa from Washington, did they not? No, 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 no. He played in uh, they. He played against Chicago at, or he played against Washington at home. His last game oh, was Washington oh, at home. Me. Okay, okay. And then they went to Nashville, and then they right, went to right. Chicago. And the moment he wasn't in against Chicago, it's like you thought, all right, maybe, maybe he's only going to get to seven games. Well, the team was winning, frankly, right? And that's and, the, and that's the other part of it. And then the two guys on the right side, Pulleyarby 
and Yamamoto. Yep. Here, here's the thing. I see all three of those kids differently. They're not all the same to me, okay? No, of course not. Paul Yarby to me really looked like he was in the weeds. You know what I'm saying? Who Nothing. in the weeds? He was, he was in the shit. Like, he was really struggling, okay? okay? So, same mistakes over and over. Too long of shifts, too many giveaways defensively, yeah. no offensive chemistry with anybody. But people say, Stoffer, he never got to play with Connor. And that would be yeah. true. He never did, okay? In Yamamoto's case, he did play five games with McDavid, and he didn't score. Yep. But he did a lot of the little things really well that you'd like to see out of a guy. So, to me, he's in a different spot than Paul He Yard. bought himself that time for a guy who you say, well, he's getting the chances. So I said on this radio station, he's getting the chances. It's going to come. You know what? It never came. Right. So, And in Bouchard's case, I think he was okay. And he could actually move the puck and give a dimension to a team that the general manager is acknowledging as it stands now with the 6D we got, we struggle a bit to move the puck. So... You know, and and the game against Washington, he there was two two plays after he scored the power play goal where he got caught up ice and he and he looked like he was in cement. Right, I get that, I totally understand. I I put it this way, you could have maybe got him to nine games, and yeah. maybe because of the type of defense, you could make the argument that maybe they needed to ride it out longer. But it's completely understandable that they also made the position and that the coaches didn't have the confidence in playing him. That is a totally understandable... I think they gave Evan Bouchard every chance to make yeah. the team, to show that he had it, to show that he didn't have it, to show if he was ready or I'm not. I'm going to put you on the spot here. He is, wasn't ready. It's not ready. Has Paul Yarby for you, gone from prospect to suspect? Uh, no, I will never say that about a 20-year-old. Right. Is anybody happy with the fact that he... You know, like, you know, this, is the glass half full? Because he took a huge step in training camp. He yeah. did some things in preseason that I thought, man, awesome. This is what you want to see yeah. out of this guy. Yeah. Then the, la- the the level of play rises. Let me ask the question. And he couldn't keep up anymore. Let me ask you the question differently. Do you have greater confidence in Bouchard and Yamamoto than you do in Paul Yarby right now? Yes. Okay. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you in Oilers Now. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the changing dynamic in hockey, the, the elimination of, frankly, hitting and if that's going to change the context of what you got in your bottom six. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.